advise you to get off the streets as quickly as possible. It'll soon be a war up there. And we are, as a people, opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths. I know for a fact. And to secret proceedings. Weapons of mass destruction. I have a dream. I take the threat very seriously. A new world order. Your government thanks you for your participation. You are now listening to the world-famous Sofa King Podcast. Please, read from sheets. I am... I am Sofa King. Sofa King. Now repeat all very fast, please. I am Sofa King. Faster. I am Sofa King. No, not so fast. Lose its meaning. I am Sofa King. You say funny things. Hello and welcome again to another edition of the Sofa King podcast. Yeah, y'all. And uh, we're here celebrating uh, some new whiskey. Yes. Uh, how are you supposed to drink with us, Brent? You already drank yours. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, I, it's simple question. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so we have a bottle of, of Adam. Who is uh, it? Adam Pedroza. Who's that? Green Spot. Green Spot. Adam Petro's Green Spot. Yeah, Adam Petro's Whiskey. Love green of my life. Spot. That's who I've actually never had it. I, I haven't either. setting here, so but cheers. Cheers. Gentlemen. Cheers. To ding, ding. Yeah. Hey. hey, I got you. Hanging. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's smooth. It I, is. I barely taste anything now. It's nice. Yeah, Brent's sauce. It's kind of dry. Get, get it's very dry. It's very dry. Very it's dry. not very sweet, but it's smooth. It's a good, it's a good uh, Irish yeah. whiskey. I can oh, say it's that. Irish, yeah. By the sixth For glass, sure. it's even smoother. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where I'm at. No, five. And I've ne- like I always hear people say this, and I think it's bullshit. There are caramel undertones. Like I taste caramel right now. I know my friend said apples or something. I'm not. I, I like whiskey apparently, but it's I'm not good. nerdy enough to notice the caramel undertones. It yeah, is good. I, I, I do. Do I, you? Yeah, it has caramel undertones. It, it's very dry. Yeah, well, it was surprisingly dry. It will go on the wall of it's whiskey. Smooth. Thank yes. you, Adam Pedroza, and all of you uh, whiskey drinkers and purveyors yep. and people who have given us whiskey. The wall of whiskey is growing. Um, in in size and scope. Yep, and we encourage you as long as you're not <laughs> as long as you're not driving, listening to this episode. Um, whenever we're toasting up some new whiskey, drink with us. You know we're gonna do it. You know uh, we're gonna do yeah, it. Yeah, you know we're gonna do it in the beginning of the show. Have a glass ready and uh, toast. And with if us. you wanna if you wanna hit uh, Brent's wavelength, then just have whiskey ready. And when you hear, please read from sheets. Drink, drink, and you're drinking with Brent every time. It. And if Brad says dick, you drink again. Yes. <laughs> That's say, every time I say dick, you take a shot. So buy a large bottle of cheap whiskey and prepare to call in sick the next That day. old crow. Yeah. Buy, buy two bottles. That. Buy an expensive one and a cheap one. You keep the cheap one. Send us the expensive one. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yep. So um, I, I had an interesting week. What's up? Um, is it me or... Are people just getting God. when you ask, is it me? <laughs> <laughs> My immediate response is yes, but, but I want to no. hear, hear how no. this plays out. I mean, like, it, it, I, I just feel like people are just assholes. Like, I'm an asshole. Like, I, I admit, like, I'm, I'm a dick. I have a drink. Um, but <laughs> like, people are just inconsiderate. Like I was in line behind somebody, you know, in, in a vehicle behind them and I pull up to order 
and they're so far back from the car in front of them that they had like a full car length in front of them. And, um, the person on the, you know, the little speaker thing where you're going to order is like, uh, can I take your order? I can't, I'm not close enough. And I was like, and I yell out the window at the speaker thing. Yeah. Hold on. This person in front of me won't move up. And I see the person look at me in the mirror, their windows down. I say, Hey, can you move forward so I can order? They start shaking their head no at me in the mirror. <laughs> like, how fucking rude. I, I said, please. Like, I'm like, hey, can you please move forward so I can order? And they're like, nope. They're shaking their head no. Was there room? Yes. There was a whole car length in front of them, Drunko. <laughs> they're probably just messing with you. No. So then I was like, and it's Donnie Drunko. So I was like, so I was like, I flipped him off. I was like, Hey, fuck you asshole. Like you fucking shaking your head. No at me. Like move fucking forward. Then I got pissed. Like, and they flipped me off back and I was like, move forward cocksucker. <laughs> so drink again. Cause cock is a dick. Yeah. Technically drink again. Cause I just said it. So, um, you know, I, I just, I'm like, I'm flabbergasted at how rude, like they could have moved forward. Like they could, I said, can you please move forward? They could have moved forward. Like no problems. Like, yes, I'm going to get angry because now I'm upset. It doesn't take much to flabbergast Brad though, for the record. He's easily flabbergastable. Not, not really. I mean, I just don't care. Like I wish you, uh, somebody would have got out of the car. Like that way I could have at least done something. You could have rammed them. Uh, I don't want to mess up my car over something yeah. stupid like that, but you know. I just, I don't know. Like I said, is it just me or are people just inconsiderate? I've, I've gotten really rude? mad in some drive throughs for sure. Oh, I know you have. You have drive through stories <laughs> <laughs> where you order your food and then you're just like mad. So you just leave. You I have just a, drive by. I was going to go. I studied late last night. I didn't sleep at all for the record. I had four shots of espresso for breakfast. And then at 7 p.m. during studying here at the shop, I had four more shots and I didn't want to leave. So I ate doomsday raviolis. Ooh, you know what no, that did is? you? <laughs> yeah. Raviolis that are probably out of date. That been no, on your shelf. You actually, right? you need to eat your doomsday food. No, yeah. you need to rotate uh, it out. Yeah. yeah. So well, if you haven't heard the preppers episode, uh, probably go back and listen to that. How old is that? Because that's when I got those. Uh, oh, you're been, still fine. Yeah. yeah, you're probably yeah, you're still fine. I'm sure unless they were old. No, like they're good for like years. I got them at Smart and Final. Can food store. Oh, but yeah, I literally ate old. them with like, it was sad. The, it was the like, dates on the cans usually give you like a year to a year and a half, but I call bullshit on that date. I think yeah. that's because there's no FDA regulation about the date. The companies just put a fucking date on it. It just because starts now, eating the can like after a while. Well, yeah. I mean, I know, I know there's a date by which we should eat it, but it's like there's no regulation. So if I'm making a fucking can of ravioli, I'm going to tell you to eat it in eight months because I don't want you to save it for three years. I want you to look yeah. at the bottom and go, oh shit, I better eat this. Buy more. <laughs> no, like, my girlfriend made, I don't buy my it. girlfriend made cookies, you know, the break and bake ones. Mm -hmm. And they were like, I mean, we're in February of 16. The expiration date was our best used by or freeze by was November of 2015. Yeah. And I'm like, I oh, don't know. No. She made them and they funny. look kind of funny. Not I know. Sure. No, they no, look no. kind of funny. And I'm like, don't they have eggs in them? Like, I'm like, ah, like, I don't know. I just, I'm not going to eat them. Like I tasted one and I'm like, it tastes kind of weird. Maybe it's my brain. But I, I just, I couldn't eat them. Like, but I, I couldn't know. decide if it was sad. It was four shots of espresso and a can of raviolis with a plastic spoon. I didn't even, <laughs> I ate them straight out of the can. Is that manly or sad? At least sad? it wasn't Vienna sausages. Well, I think if you're, I mean, I think it helps you get ready for the post-apocalypse. Yeah. I mean, you could have technically went over and got some food somewhere, but. I, was, just, I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to go to Taco Bell. You're a hermit. Plus, I don't know. Taco Bell in the morning? No, it was last oh, night last when night. I was studying uh, last night here. I don't know. Yeah. Speaking of uh, apocalypse, um, we're going to be talking about Waco, Texas, and David Koresh. 
We are, but I don't know what that has to do with the apocalypse. Well, he thought it was oh, the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Branch Davidians. They were yes. kind of crazy. So, um, so I, yeah, we, we were told um, on uh, social mediums um, that a good topic would be cults and cult leaders. Um, and we, we decided, decided, yeah, we decided it would be better instead of having an episode about cults in general, because there's tons of them and they're pretty awesome that we would pick one cult and focus yes. on it. And I think in dealing with a podcast where we often talk about conspiracy theories, if we're also going to talk about a cult, you kind of have to start with Waco and the Branch Davidians. David, they're kind of the Koresh, mother, yeah. the mother of now, all. Now I, I went into this, I, I watched on TV, uh, we were talking about this before the show about it being like the OJ trial, you know, like right. obviously the OJ trial was longer, but this thing went on for 53 days, 51, 51 days yep. of just news coverage. And my grandpa watched every bit of it, you know, you know, day and night, you know, it, it was the ATF standoff with, you know, David Koresh and, and the Colt, you know, and it was, it was a big deal. I mean, it's, it's pre OJ. Yeah. It's like, see, I mean, keep in mind, like, yeah, date stamp it. Right. Yeah. I mean, 1993 CNN had only been on for a couple of years and it, I mean, what they were seen in only yeah. been a couple yeah. years. Yeah. CNN yeah, was started. like in the first realm of like big cable stuff. <laughs> I mean, it was old. No, CNN was, it was a, it was a pretty new entity at the time and there hadn't been anything like this. I mean, up until that point, CNN would air the news in the afternoon. They'd have a couple of shows and then all night long they would cut to infomercials or yeah. do whatever. Cause there just was no anything. news. Yeah. And all of a sudden we've got <laughs> this crazy, you know, uh, group of cultists living in the in the middle of Texas surrounded under siege by federal agents yeah and there's you know embedded this reporters 24 yeah. hours a day recording what's happening and you know I and I the, was in college when it happened yeah. and I remember I didn't really give a shit I was in college I had other things yeah. to worry about I think like, I was in junior high yeah or like something. being a big fat nerd I'm, I wasn't yeah. it's not like I was out doing fun things I was a sophomore so we got the full range there. yeah yeah but I mean I remember like it was I mean it was on in my house almost 24 hours a day CNN yeah. was just on I, I honestly did not care about it like <clears throat> no, I, I didn't I, it, it was just whatever it was the news yeah um so like going into this like I mean you think of a cult like I mean, obviously I'm taking my religious beliefs out of this, my, you know, what, what I think about religion, what I think about everything out of this, as far as cults go, um, as I started getting into this, like, yes, they are different. Yes. They had a different belief than, than a lot of the people out there, but would I consider them a cult? I don't know. Like, like I, I, I feel like Amish. You know what I mean? Like would be more I mean, of a the, word. I don't know. There I were mean, definitely an outcast sect. They were people with a no, different, they were, they were. A different belief, but it's hard like to know where you're getting your information from. Yeah. I would, I would, I would have to just fully land on the side of cult. Nobody else believed the shit that they believed in. They were a very incestuous. We're forcing, you know, people to marry other people in here. We're stockpiling weapons. We believe in this apocalyptic end of the world. Like we're our, it's like if there were a thousand groups like that, with the same exact belief system and it suddenly becomes a religion. Yeah. Well, no, the same exact, but there, but there wasn't like they, yeah. I mean, I, but there are a thousand different people no, with different are. belief systems. I mean, to my knowledge, the same. to my knowledge, Davidians could leave. 
Yeah. And I know a lot of times you kind of associate this idea with a cult that once you're in, you kind of can't ever leave. Yeah. But Branch Davidians could kind of come and go. Yeah, and whatever, it, it was but, a religious belief. But and I would I would still call it a cult. You I mean, can leave. Were, it, you have to wear white cultish. sneakers yeah. and drink the Kool-Aid. Right. Well, <laughs> the, OK, so so going back. So we, we mentioned Davidians. If you haven't heard that term, which I didn't until researching this topic, uh, Davidians are actually... Um, a branch, they're called Branch Davidians, and right. they're actually a branch off of the Seventh-day Adventist church. Okay. So we see those churches around. There are people in society that we live in right now who are Seventh-day Adventists who um, who are among us and are no different than any of us besides their religious beliefs. Right. Um, and they're not labeled a cult unless you label religion, a cult, which That's what I, I was do. wondering. Is it about quantity? Like, because it's only uh, yeah. 85 To me, it is. Yeah. I, I really feel that all, I, I feel that the Catholics are a giant cult. Like, it, it's just, it's just more accepted among society. But like I said, taking all that out of this and, and just looking at what they were, what they did and what the ATF did, the FBI and, you know, the government, it, 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 I am taken back by it. I really was surprised to find some of the stuff that I found. I have to um, say, I also just dismissed it as like crazy dude. Yeah. Hold up guns. Yeah. And it's his fault. And this is kind of good because we just did the Sandy hook episode and we really debated on like, do you believe the government and what really happened there? Um, <clears throat> if you believe that that really happened or if you didn't, um, this kind of flows into that. And this was in 1993. Right. Um, after, and we'll get into this later in the show, but after, researching and, and finding out all the stuff that I found out, I really, man, really changed my perspective on a lot of things. And, um, so I'll get into, um, Victor Hotef in 1930 was kind of the founder of the branch Davidians and Mount Carmel. Okay. Mount Carmel, um, is where the standoff happened in Waco, Texas with David Koresh. So, cause you, I mean, if you look at the footage, it's a well-established compound. I mean, it looks like there was a lot of money and a lot of time spent on building yes. that. Thing. And I so mean, this, was, this thing massive. was started in 1930. Yeah. They had a gym, um, they had a tower. Yeah. And they had an is, underground yeah. school bus, which yeah. led to a bunker. Like that was, you know, like they, most, they, like most churches. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, basically the, they had a, they had a, um, they call it the, I don't even know what they call it. They call it the, it's a bunker. Um, but they call it, um, it, it was a, a safe, I guess, like yeah. a, a, like a church safe or something. Yeah, so it, it was for, uh, files and documents or something. Yeah. So sure originally, was, originally. Yeah. 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 Um, so this was a church originally and, and they had this bunker built. Um, but so, and they were a good old fashioned apocalypse. The end is near. Yeah. Church, and, like. and, and basically, and Coming from understanding where they come from, I think really helps because in their scripture that they read, they, they name off these weird books and I don't know if it's part of the Bible or what, but, um, they, they say that, you know, they are going to go out, uh, in a military style fight, uh, against, um, they called it Babylon, which was a corrupt government type deal. And, and cause they, they thought the government ruled they thought the devil currently ruled the, ruled the earth yeah. and that the devil was controlling which if all you believe in the illuminati agents. and illuminati's running everything the illuminati is supposedly worships the devil and all this crazy stuff so goes along with that but the branch davidians believed that they were going to go down in this apocalyptic style fight 
a gunfight against tanks and 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 military. Right. Um, so basically, Victor Hotef started it in the 30s. Uh, in the 60s, um, people really started to move there. Uh, it became the compound that we know today as you know the Mount Carmel where Waco siege happened. Right. Um, and it's just outside of Waco, Texas. Just so outside of Waco, they, Texas. Like the siege in Waco. That's that's why it's because it was in Waco, Texas. But the which I didn't know until today actually that the Mount, <laughs> the Mount Carmel was the name of the actual compound that they lived on. I always just knew it was outside of Waco. I wasn't exactly sure what the Mount Carmel reference was, but that was the name of their, of their compound that they lived on. So uh, staying in chronological order uh, for Brent. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was just going to go into the, the date that the date that the siege started was February 28th, 1993. Um, That's the day that they went, um, the ATF went to go siege supposedly i guess a warrant uh they they had a warrant to go in and uh, because he had illegal firearms no it wasn't illegal firearms they the atf went there because a delivery guy like some i don't know ups driver delivered a package and he dropped it and it kind of opened and it was a box full of grenades so and so he delivered it and then he went. Oh, back. you just deliver yeah. it and then go tell. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I <laughs> delivered this box to the crazies. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm going to go back and tell right. the FBI. So he delivered it and then went back and told whoever. And then the ATF got involved. And then the ATF was going to to try. I wonder to how that questioning went down. Like you delivered it, right? Like, <laughs> we don't know what's in the so box. So it's hearsay. So now it's hearsay from a UPS driver that there was grenades in a box. Right. Because he delivered it. But to be honest, they probably pretty quickly could have looked at some records and been like, no, these guys definitely have a shitload of weapons. That was when it was still hard. It was hard to get grenades. You can't just get on Amazon. Which (laughs) which is which. I mean, if you think about it in terms of like, hey, why are these people stockpiling weapons? Yes. Crazy. But if you go by their scripture and what they believe, they believe that they're going to be in a, a post-apocalyptic type fight. Right. That's what they're, that's what they're saving I think up that, for. that like UPS driver must have moved from California, man, because it's Texas. You get grenades in the mail, man. That's right. <laughs> that's what's up. He didn't know. Yeah. We Rocket call, launchers we, and grenades. We call them varmint poppers. <laughs> yeah. Varmint poppers. Wow. So I think it's important to talk about David Koresh. Yeah, like, because he's, yeah. he's so, the central so figure. So how did, how did David Koresh become David Koresh. So David Koresh, which is not even his real name. Right. So I, I mean, no. most people probably John know John Dingleberry. He was born John Dingleberry. <laughs> um, he was born Vernon Wayne Howell oh, on yeah, August 17th. David Koresh is way better. Way yeah. better than Vernon yes. David. What? Vernon what? Vernon Wayne Howell. Yeah. On August 17th, 1959. That guy Houston, just sounds Texas. like a pussy. Yeah. And he was born to his 14-year-old mother, okay. which... I think comes into play. Like, I, yeah. and I just, you just wonder like who has the ticking time bomb cult leader trigger in their brain that gets the bad childhood. Cause I'm sure this happens constantly. You know what I mean? Like what Wait, does it take to judging? turn this guy? Are you judging this guy because he had I'm a it's not his mom? fault. Uh, you'll see. My mom was 13 when she had me. So he was, he was born Vernon Wayne. Was she? Yes. Really? Yes. Let's really? Talk, let's talk about yes. this. There's a couch right over here. Would you like? No, to Dave's on? laughing. I'm now laughing because I think you're fucking full of no, shit. No, no, my mom was 13. She she was almost oh, 14 when 13. she had me. 13. Yeah, she was 13 when she had me. Is this the whole truth and nothing but the truth? Yes. So help you, Brad. Yes, you could ask my family. Yeah, she was 13. She turned she turned 14 in May. I was born April 30th. Explains a lot. So, but was she in a cult? Uh, I don't know, but laser beams, projector beams shot out of my eyes and no, I, I was in a cult. I can't believe anything. I don't know. So, no, I'm s- dead serious. I, I, 
You know, you don't have to believe it. But well, I mean, here, here's I'm the just thing, mad though. that you're I judging know, him because his mom was. No, 14. no, no, no. I know a lot of people who are from really young mothers. I know a lot of people, um, especially like through my work at Cal State, you know, like incoming freshmen who have like children who are three yeah. or four years old and they're only 18. But yeah. it's but for the most part, these are people who are having sex because they're horny teenagers, not people who are being married off at 12 yeah. because they're part of a cult and they have no choice yeah. in the matter. I mean, well, that's the, that's the I, difference. I mean, honestly, I have memories of um, being in a crib in the BHS um, nursery. Wow. At Bakersfield High School. That's crazy. So like, yeah, like I have, I have memories Whoa. like, yeah. So like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm being serious. Like that's, that's. Well, no, like I said, like I, I yeah, my mom wasn't in a cult. Right, exactly. Like. <laughs> that's that's part of this that I know this of. like Davidian thing is yeah. like, you know, I mean, supposedly David Kresh had 12-year-old wives, like yeah. all this stuff. And like the girls are raised to think this is totally normal. They don't really yeah. have a choice in the and, matter. And maybe, maybe in their belief their belief system, it obviously was. Their belief system. This wasn't created by David Kresh. No. No. This is their belief. Like this Or this, by Thurston Howell the yeah, third so, or whatever his real name is. Yeah. Vernon Howell. Vernon Howell okay. the fifteenth. Vernon Wayne Howell. Love it. You know, so don't I, I, I really feel like the media portrayed this as like some like this guy created you know this thing and they're they're marrying these well, young kids I mean, he's, and he's a doing huge all this proponent. Thing. There's some weird stuff. Yeah. Me, I'll, I'll continue. Like so, and then his dad leaves his mom for another 15 year old girl for a different one. She's a little older. Yeah, she's 15. Yeah, Not, more I, mature. <laughs> right. I mean, super awkward now that, one I, that I know your backstory. I'm feeling weird on this. So I'm, I'm trying to skip highlighter over here. Um, but uh. Basically, he had a really bad childhood. Um, his mom then abandoned him at the age of four and left him with his grandmother. Yeah. She returned years later, I think when he was like nine, and brought back an abusive, like alcoholic, just out of prison husband, mm-hmm. um, who I guess he told a story about at some point. She would leave him home all the time with this guy <laughs> because she worked and that guy didn't work. So his work. family wasn't, they weren't Davidians though, right? No, or his she was, dad she was, was no, like she, what? no, dad's out of the picture. He goes off with another 15 year old girl. Mom abandons him, leaves him at age four with grandma. Grandma raises him for a while. Mm-hmm. Mom shows back up in the scene with a new abusive boyfriend that just got out of prison. So their, their mom, the mom wasn't a cult in a cult or anything. No. Like it was just, that just, happened. oh, okay. No, just rough. I don't yeah. know. Different times. I'm just trying to get down yeah. to, to right. what was going on. But that on. is a bit uh, like, I thought she was in the cult because that's the way that that group. Yeah. So that, that's, right. and maybe that's why he got involved in the cult. Yeah, right? maybe. But he tells a traumatic story of of uh, an incident with his uh, abusive, like out of prison stepfather or mom's boyfriend at the time. Um, I think actually she, they married to that guy. Um, and so there was a time when he pushed his toy truck across the floor and it landed on the floor furnace on the floor heater. Like I have one of those in my house, but it's inoperable. Yeah, you beat your kid danger. So the, the, the punishment he received was he made him stand on the furnace and burn his feet. Shit. To show him, yeah. Like the poor little guy just lost his truck. It just melted. And this, this asshole comes over and burns his feet as punishment so yeah, that's fair <laughs> that's brad <laughs> but your mom was 13 so yeah. hey he wouldn't do it again there we go it's only a matter of time wouldn't do it again um, the last time he does that so then they, they have another kid and then the, the brother is still around and whatnot and he tells the events of um of the childhood and it's i guess koresh explained his child as being very lonely like um he was constantly abandoned and abused there's even a story allegedly that he was gang raped at age eight 
So like some bad stuff apparently happened to this guy. And I don't know if that's real because he, he says some crazy things. And there's lots of accusations and there's lots of denial. Um, but at some yeah, point, let me state for the record that from this point on, most of what we're going to say can be prefaced with. I don't know if this is real because real, yeah. it's like even the official account. It's like, I don't no, know if this really happened this way. I mean, there's a lot of shit that the, doesn't, the thing is you can't deny the up. video and stuff. No, you and can't like, deny something that like that. Yeah. Like, but, Who's not? Who's going to be like? Yeah, we gang raped that eight year old. Right, right. Of course they're going to. Well, no, I'm just saying there's going to be a ton. Even like the number of people that died. Like I mean, the numbers mm-hmm. vary so mm-hmm. widely from source to source. It gets pretty crazy. So based after the aftermath of everything that does happen, interviews with his mom and his stepbrother, um, they describe him as like super religious his entire life, even early in age. They said he would. The brother told a story that he would be praying. His brother would come back twelve hours later, eighteen hours later. <clears throat> David hadn't moved. He's in the floor. Vernon. At this point, he's still on the floor praying in the same spot. So from an early age, he had this weird instilled religious thing um, that he did. He had trouble in school. He wasn't a good student. He had dyslexia. He was actually in special ed. Um, kids made fun of him and called him Vernie. I don't know how that's making fun of him, but he had a nickname <laughs> Vernie. Um, I mean, especially brings- like since this would have been in the 70s and like Gilligan's Island was out and your last name is Hal and they're not making fun of you and calling yeah. you Thurston Howell III. They're like, slipping isn't up. that the go-to yeah. make yeah. fun button I don't to push? Know. So he's got a rough childhood, possibly raped, burned by dad, abandoned, mom's back, dad's gone, new boyfriend, you know, bad stuff's happening. But the entire time he's really religious. And his brother even said, even through like high school years and whatnot, that he would walk out into the woods and be gone for a whole day, just go in the woods and pray, that he would spend time in a cemetery praying for hours. He would just pray and pray and pray. I think he was masturbating on graves. <laughs> that's just me. I'm gonna I don't say, know. I'm gonna allegedly, say, indirectly, we don't know. We indirectly, don't know. Can that's you a say drink. no? That's a can, drink. I can't say can, no. Can you say no that that didn't happen? No, nope, that's well, like so. seven degrees from Wiener, so I think you have to drink on that one. <laughs> no, we specifically said he has to say the word dick in order to, for you right. to take a drink. Well, you can hold it. Get in your okay. hand. Get ready. There you go. See, it was I'm keeping a tally. So I, I, the the reason he changed his name to David Koresh is kind of crazy. Koresh is actually the Persian name of Cyrus the Great who was a, a Persian king who was named a Messiah for freeing uh, the Jews um, from Babylon captivity. Makes sense. And David actually came from King David. Yeah, so tell me. He was proclaiming himself. Which that's where the Davidians got their name from. A biblical Messiah. He's yeah, basically right. saying, I am David, you know, Koresh, David, the and king. Koresh, the so the, king. I mean, the, the question the I'm forced of the Jews. Yeah. The question I'm forced to ask is how fucking awesome am I? I didn't have to fucking go crazy and rename myself. I was already named yeah. David. What's Moten mean? Lamb. Does it really? You're like the king of the lambs. It's like a French uh, derivation, which actually kind of scares me because David Koresh thought he was the lamb of revelation. And my name is actually David Lamb. Yeah. Maybe I'm David Koresh. And and with a 13-year-old mom and the David Lamb, I'm getting more and more uncomfortable. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like I'm left out. I don't have any cool stories. Yeah, so who's in the cult now? We have numbers. (laughs) You don't. Two to one. What's up? Um, so that establishes is that he definitely had a really rough upbringing and some traumatic childhood experiences. He could definitely grow up and start a cult, right? So he's super extremely religious. Um, at some he didn't point, start it though. he joins, um, his mom's church, uh, which is a seven day Adventist church. Um, and so he goes ahead and pursues that religion. And then I think sometime in the eighties, he starts to visit, uh, Mount Carmel and come back and forth, come back and forth <clears> when he eventually moves in there. And stays and becomes part of it. Um, and the leader at that time was uh, Lois, man, I can't think of her name, uh, Lois Roden. Yes, yeah. Lois Roden. 
And um, he shows up and like pretty much off the bat, he's like cult leader prodigy. Like he's, he's spitting something that he well, yeah, because he prays for 24 hours a yeah, day. Yeah, he's been practicing yeah. since he right. was like eight. Right yeah. after the rape, he went to church. Like he's been doing it. So he practices or he preaches something he calls the serpent root. Um, and there's uh, Lois Roden's son, George Roden. And actually, is, I need to correct myself. I said that uh, Koresh said he was the Lamb of Revelation. Actually, George Roden said he was the Lamb, Lamb of, of Revelation. Revelation. Yeah. So George Roden is the heir to the Mount Carmel, which at this point, I think it's only like 25 people, like living in trailers in the middle of somewhere, something outside. I can't remember if they went to Carmel at that point, but there was some, or that's what it is. I got it. They were at Mount Carmel. He showed up there, but Roden's getting jealous because Lois Roden, mom, age 65, really likes Koresh. And then some sexual allegations come into play. Um, Roden says that uh, Koresh is sleeping with his mom and a bunch of stuff. She eventually hands the reins over to David Koresh and lets him take control, which makes uh, George Roden super angry. He exhumes a body and challenges David Koresh to resurrect the body to prove that he's the Messiah. (laughs) So whichever one of those two can bring it back to life, Koresh immediately seizes on the opportunity and contacts law enforcement. They said there's no real proof. You'd have to do whatever. So Koresh and a couple of the followers that are kind of following him show back up at the place and a gunfight ensues. Um, and the police show up and they try to charge uh, Koresh with attempted murder or something, but nothing sticks. There's not enough evidence either way. I guess the body's gone, but it doesn't matter because George Rhodes ends resurrected. up m- murdering some other rival that was trying to go for the throne of, of Mount Carmel and goes to jail. The other rival's gone and Koresh slips into the, the right. top spot. So now he's there. Now he's leading. He's the leader. Now he's preaching. And that was all that was all in 1983. That's and he 80s. was still Thurston Howell III then because he changed his name to David Koresh in 1990. Yeah, he petitioned the state of California at some point in time to do all that crazy Persian change. Yeah, in 1990, May 15th, he legally changed his name to David Koresh. Okay. And meanwhile, he's been playing guitar in a band. And he's actually pretty good. I looked it up. <laughs> it's kind of like... The lyrics are strange. It's very 80s, you know, 80s rock. But for what it is, I have to say, he's pretty good. He's like, he's decent on guitar. Yeah. Um, Brent, he, Brent is in the cult now. Yeah, he met some guy there. Yeah. That's my connection. <laughs> guitar, connection. that was my connection. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he met some guy at Guitar Center, apparently. I didn't know. <laughs> and then, like, he gave the guy his card and said, hey, man, we're looking to start a band. And it said, like, Cyrus Productions on the back and had a bunch of relig- religious babble. And the guy's like, eh, I'm not trying to get into a, a church band. But somehow, that guy ends up living at Mount Carmel. So that's how charismatic and influential Koresh is like if I'm a guitar center and dude hands me a card with a bunch of crosses on it and said hey man we're looking for a guitar player you're not talking me into it I'm not doing it right somehow that guy was like nah it's cool man it's cool it's all right you know and then still yeah but when you tell him hey you can have a 13 year old girlfriend he's like oh I'm there yeah he moves into the compound and is there yeah yeah so you can um, get a harem yeah Oh, you're oh you're not into the band? Well, check this out. How about a harem and an eight? How about a harem and a box of grenades? Yeah, <laughs> throw on the pile. How's how's that? Oh oh yeah, you can have the AK. Yeah, yeah who's sure. laughing now, yeah. guitar boy? Now we're yeah. talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, super charismatic, and he, he he has all these followers. He's taking control of the thing. He's got a band. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's, that just sounds fucking hilarious. We're gonna we're gonna play the David Koresh music on the outro. He he has a song called "Man Madman in Texas" or something, or "Madman in Waco." It's like "Madman in Texas," and lyrically, like in it's, perspective after the fact, yeah. it's like, man, he wrote that down and yeah. sang it, then did it. So well, and 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 to to be clear, the when they when they were executing this Waco siege, as it's called. 
um, they kind of knew what he prophesied, what he thought was going to happen. Right. And they played into it. And which, he, I mean, he thought there was going to be death by fire and there was going to be death as soldiers in the, yeah. you know, against the, the yeah. army which, of I mean, the devil. We can get into that. Yeah. I know Brent hates going out of chronological right. order. Well, just basically at this so, point, he's recruited people from like the UK, people who have come from yeah, there Australia. Yeah, there were people from people all over the world. People are moving from all over the yeah. world. He he took a uh, like a missionary trip to uh, like Israel or something yeah. and like did some stuff there, um, which I feel like they're like living in trailers and don't have any, I don't know. I, how yeah. Like, and, and I want to mention if, if, um, if, if you want to watch something a little more on this topic, watch Waco and new revelation. And then there's another one. What's the other one? It's called, uh, Waco something, something about yeah i'll think of it yeah. <laughs> waco, waco colon, something, something or other waco um, five five glasses of whiskey and a cookie um, yeah there's a couple documentaries the, the waco and new revelation though, rules of engagement rules of engagement that's what it's called um the a new revelation um literally reopened the case because they went in with this documentary and actually found new evidence and stuff that was overlooked and um it's it, it is absolutely mind boggling what happened um, on the fifty one days and and thereafter. No, it's pretty crazy. Um, even even without the missing info, it's a crazy scenario. And yeah. I know after everything was concluded, after all the the you know bows were tied and it was completely done, even then, um, officially in I think two thousand, um, a bunch of uh, new things surfaced that the yeah. FBI hid and so forth. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely get there. So I'm, I'm almost to Dave. Dave's going to give us the real deal story. So I just want to get to the fact that he's got 85 people in his, in his thing. He's living there. He's teaching the serpent route. He's got AK 47s, AR 15s, a 50 caliber gun, 150 total automatic weapons, 8,000 rounds of ammo and grenades. So there's cause for concern. The, well, the obvious thing to do is to barge in there. Well, I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, that's obvious to me. No, you need to look into it for sure. But well, how they it was did. handled is a different thing. So Dave's going to tell us the play-by-play, and then Brad and I will put our foil and hats this is, on and, and this come back is, at it. Um, uh, this is no foil hat, man. This is just looking at the facts like right. that are brought out. Um, you you have um, basically Brent called it the play-by-play, and this is FBI documentation. Basically, this is this is, this is the official report. Yeah, this I got this play-by-play from um, front line on PBS because I I consider it one of the most one of the journalistic things in existence in America right now with the most integrity is PBS's frontline. They have no bias. They don't, they have they just, don't, they don't have bias. They win tons of awards. Um, they've got really high credentials. They're a really legitimate uh, journalism source. And this is their play-by-play account of what happened. And the play-by-play account is based on two things. Um, a document from 1999 um, from the FBI and then another document um, that came out later. So the, these are from official the official court document when the official sort of congressional report was happening after. And then the report that came out a couple of years later that dug even deeper. So and that they, was after a new revelation <clears throat> surfaced. Yes. So this is this is the, this is PBS's version of the timeline based strictly on those two government documents. Right. Okay. So they, they kind of break it down. So Brent, they they Brent, say, what are you handing us? What Brent? are you doing? Brent? I don't want to interrupt it. We could do it at any time, but we got some bean boozled jelly beans here and yours could be one of two flavors dave you either got toothpaste or berry blue 
Either have toothpaste, boogers, or juice pear, or it could be lime or lawn clippings. What color was yours? Mine's orange and red speckles. Orange and red speckles. You either got barf or peach. One of the two. <laughs> I'd it's say like, it's like roulette. I'd say we save them for the end of the show, okay. and it'll be how we uh, crescendo into the David Koresh music. All right, cool. Mm. I think there nothing. They, there they said though, and that's better. the consequences. Um. So on Sunday, February twenty eighth at nine thirty a.m., the ATF sent eighty agents to the compound to execute a search warrant for the compound and an arrest warrant for David Koresh. And there had been an in, there had been an undercover uh, officer Rodriguez with them for quite some time. Oh, had there? Yeah, that that's even notable. He was there. He, he, oh, he brought an AR-15 yeah. with him to the compound, handed it to Koresh, let Koresh fire. They traded off. He had been staying within, and Koresh was kind of suspicious of him and testing him, but he had him bring a gun. They shot together. So it needs to be known that like Koresh could have been grabbed at any time. That guy went to the grocery store. Yeah. He walked down the road. They well, went out into target he, practice. He, he even says after after they came and 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 the standoff started that they could have they could have got him going to Walmart. He right. jogged around the compound. They could have grabbed him. You know, there's multiple opportunities opportunities to be had to Peacefully. not force entry into a compound where they have weapons and they are defending it because that is scripture for them. But the, I mean, the counter argument here is I'm not just going to send five plainclothes ATF agents to serve a search warrant on a compound full of that fucking arsenal that Brent just read. But is, right. like is that the best? Stuck. That's, that's I don't know how they the knew because yeah. the officer Rodriguez. I mean, I don't know what the inventory. best tactic is. It's like, I mean, you can't. Wouldn't mean, you, you grab kinda, Koresh when he's not? Yeah, but then vulnerable? still, how do you breach the compound at that point? As the ATF, how do you execute the search warrant and keep your agents safe when you know these fuckers are ready to go to battle with feds because it's the end of the world and they have all these guns? Couldn't you? Couldn't you send a couple guys to the door and be like, "Hey, look, we we picked up Koresh on a search or on a warrant. We have a warrant." Because we know you guys have weapons, I can actually talk to them as people and not go in there shooting guns. Like it just seems like it just seems no, weird. See, like I, from I the mean, very beginning. If I look at if I if I was if you were the the Detroit Police Department and you knew that some drug dealer had an apartment and you knew that they had eight AK 47. These aren't drug dealers though. That's if the, you that's knew the that, uh, these are religious you, people. If you knew that someone who just bought an illegal box of grenades lived in an apartment, I'm not going to send a guy to knock on the door. You're going to barge the door down. You're going to have a SWAT team waiting because you're waiting for the worst. I think that's stupid. You know what I, I mean? I, I, that's I mean, how you just, get people killed and that's what happened. But at the same time, if you sent a couple of plainclothes people, a, that's how you're going to get people killed and B, they're just going to say, get the fuck off my land and brandish guns. And you're going to have to come back with an 80 team person. But the other, the other thing is though, like wh- who are they harming? Maybe, you know every, I mean? maybe like, everything's big in Texas, including maybe. the raids, man. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, man. That's a good point. I mean, I I mean, the footage I see of the but then again, I mean, there's 85 religious zealots. Let's so, say let's so, say 60, so, 60 adults. So, I mean, I have a compound with a fucking tower that a sniper could be in and I know they have grenades and a 50 cal. It's like how do I And they do target that? practice and you've been watching them because they moved into a farmhouse like not that far away. I don't remember how far like 300 yards away or something. They had actual ATF agents watching them and they just do target practice all my day. My issue is like, that's what they do in their spare time is go shoot guns. We're we're getting into it, but my issue with it is is that I I think you're right, Dave. Like, how do you approach that? How, it's tricky, man. How, it is tricky. But these are professionals. Mm-hmm. This is not the local police department. This is the FBI. 
ATF, you know what I mean? At this point, it's the ATF. The ATF. The FBI hasn't taken over. And and you you have two different accounts. You have the account of the ATF who says they they went up and said, "Hey, we have a warrant. We want you." David Crash comes out and says, "We got guns. Come and get them." Pretty much. And then you have the other side, which says David Crash poked his head out and said, "Don't do this. We have women and children inside." You know, like. On the day of the raid, too, Rodriguez was leaving, and Koresh acknowledged to Rodriguez um, as he was leaving. He said, "Good luck," um, and shook his hand because he knew. He knew. He's like, I, like he knows who he is, basically, and he knows that they've been watching him from the side over there. Right. So he told him. So when <clears throat> Rodriguez goes back, um, he tells them, "Hey, they know that we're coming. They know everything. Like yeah. they they figured me so, out. They know you're over here. And so really, you should change the game because you <laughs> lost the element of surprise for one. Now some cr- guy with a fifty cal and all the grenades and stuff knows you're coming. You know what I mean? And he's already wanting to go down in a hill of glory, possibly this is, based off of that. Yeah, and th- and this is the this is the other weird thing is they had uh, three to four video cameras watching that front door at all times. They knew David Koresh knew that they had those cameras. The funny thing is, like the video came up missing. Right. Yeah, that all comes out in the in the later investigations. But regardless, I mean, I'm I'm not tripping on the ATF raid. I right. mean, I don't know how the fuck else you're supposed yeah. to do that. I don't know how you're supposed to execute a search warrant we should let when you, talk, you think probably, there yeah. are 60 people in, you know, there are 60 people inside ready to die and go out in a blaze of glory and the guy with just hundred automatic yeah. weapons. And the guy just came out and said, Hey, they know, you you're know, coming. the covers, but it's like yeah. your, your hand is forced. If you're going to go in at all, you've got to go in with a fucking heavy team. Well, I armed. don't know, man. They that, came in. It just seems well, not. I, you should probably finish your official story. Yeah. Keep, we'll yeah. keep okay. going. Let I mean, me we're go, just, we're arguing back and forth, but we're still, we're not, we're still at nine 30 in the morning on day one. Yeah. So, um, What? <laughs> okay. So, um, snack time's over. We're snack time's over. We're still at 9:30. Um the ATF um comes and and you can see footage. I mean there there was a reporter right there filming everything and I mean they are in full on hardcore riot gear. They look like I mean they're ready for battle. Um there were 80 agents sent in. Gunfire erupts. Um four ATF agents were killed, 16 were wounded. Um, I still don't have a, an exact number of how many Davidians were killed in that shootout. Um, they think it was six six. and allegedly, and then that afternoon, the FBI took over the ATF pulls back, the FBI takes over, they start sending FBI people. Um, and they end up talking to Koresh. The hostage rescue team makes contact to start doing basically the official line is the hostage rescue team is there. And the reason the siege goes on as long as it does is because they're trying to convince, um, a, they don't want it to end bloody and in fire, but B, they especially want the children to be released because if all the children were released, then they would probably initiate the breach. Right. So the feds keep making the claim that Koresh is hiding behind the children. Um, and I would imagine Koresh is just arguing these are our children and you're not getting them. Do they know? move those six bodies yeah, out so, or do they hang out for 51 days with their dead buddies? I, I don't think they, I never saw no, that. They never, no, moved they never moved out. the bodies out. Moved out. Um, the other thing was, um, uh, they, the hostage, or I guess he's a hot, the negotiator never talked to Koresh. He talked to Steve, Steve. Schneider. Right. Um, no, he talks to Koresh a lot. 
I think they, the Snyder was the one that was on the phone with him, though, a lot of the time. He no, does, Snyder was on the phone a lot, but Koresh he, he is on the phone He does talk a lot. to Koresh because Koresh oh, okay. goes off on a spiel about yeah, seven no, he, he talks to them pretty evenly. Schneider is his, is his first lieutenant or whatever, and then uh, Koresh himself. But so that day, the hostage rescue team makes contact. Koresh tells him that he has a wounded hip and a wounded left wrist from the combat. He doesn't say if it's from gunfire or what. Um, I don't think, at least his wrist isn't from gunfire because there's footage of him sitting next to a mother after the ATF or a a daughter after the ATF raid. Um, and his wrist doesn't look like it's not like bandaged and bloody or anything. Um, but he does have, uh, he lifts his shirt. It was carpal tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. He lifts his shirt in one of the videos and he does have his side patched up. Does he? Yeah. With like some blood. Um, but then that day Koresh, um, is allowed to broadcast his religious teachings on KRLD in Dallas. They basically ask for it and he's allowed to broadcast some religious teachings over the air, um, over the phone line through their religious radio station and he gives a phone interview to CNN on the same day because CNN is already on the scene. Okay. So it takes, uh, uh, the next day, Monday, March the 1st, um, the FBI's armored vehicles show up and surround the compound in a perimeter. Um, the acting attorney general um, debriefs Clinton and Clinton urges that they do negotiation and they end everything peacefully. Um, ten, ten of the children are allowed to leave publicly, the compound. Publicly. publicly. Yeah. Ten of the children are allowed to leave the compound um, and they end up cutting Koresh's phone line because of the religious broadcast and the CNN interview and they only allow phone contact to come through directly to the FBI negotiation negotiation team. And apparently it really pisses Koresh off because he really wanted to use this as a moment to broadcast his, his His uh, beliefs to the world. Um, So on the second, a day later, this is Tuesday. The siege is going on for two days. Koresh makes a one hour audio tape of his teachings and he promises that everyone on the compound will surrender if there's a national uh, cable broadcast of the tape. Um, and this is what the, what he works out with the negotiators. Um, the tape is broadcast at one thirty that day by the Christian Broadcasting Network. And at 6 p.m., um, Koresh tells the negotiators that God talks to him today yeah. and told him that that was wrong and he's That's not giving up anyway. So he got another shout out and a national broadcast of his of his beliefs and so forth. And then he tells him to go fuck off. Um on the third, uh, they try another tactic the FBI does. They end up saying that they've dropped, they drop murder charges against two elderly Davidian women who had left the compound earlier, um, as an attempt to sweeten the pot and get them to release more children and so forth. Um, but Koresh says, quote, I'm dealing now with my father, not your bureaucratic system of government. So obviously he's only yeah. listening to God, not anything the FBI says. Or did he reunite with his father? We don't know. I'd like to point true. out that when he moved in after that rodent guy, there was a meth lab in there that they had to clear out. So I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. In the compound? In the compound. When he took over from rodent, there was a meth lab wow. um, no wonder he on took the premises. Over. And the, but crazy. he called authorities and had it removed. But I have reason later for why okay. that sounds like that. And also on the third, Koresh delivers to the FBI negotiators. He starts giving the first of his what they call rambling sermons in the official report. Um, and this one they call the unlocking the seven seals sermon. And so regularly when he's talking to the hostage negotiators, he starts to go on about the end of the world and all of his prophecies and all that, yeah. all that kind of shit. Um, so on the fourth, they get FBI psych, psych profilers. 
um, to look at all of the stuff. They talk for seven hours. The psych profilers look at all of his previous religious, religious stuff. They do a full FBI psych profile on him and the official FBI psych profiles who aren't on the ground. They're back in, in, uh, Washington, yep. DC and their official report says the strategy of negotiations is going to be counterproductive and lead to a bigger loss of life based on Koresh's yep. character. Right. So, so this, this is, is a waste. So this time. is number two warning to say don't do this don't try to negotiate with this guy because nothing's going to come and they don't listen no so this is number two so they keep and so they keep negotiating for days and days on friday the fifth nine-year-old heather jones leaves the compound with a note pinned to her jacket written by her mom her mom says all the adults will die once the kids are out so the the note is basically saying we're never surrendering but we might let all the kids go no that's not what that says all the adults will die when all the kids are out. That's why they're not letting the kids go because that's their only oh, survival I see what you're method. Saying. I read it as if the they other let day the around. kids go, if they let the kids go, they kill them. Right, right. That's what. And there was some interviews with some of the moms too. I wasn't trying to jump in the middle of the story, but like they're shooting into the windows and stuff. The ATF is shooting through the glass, <laughs> shooting through the windows. There's bullet holes all over the wall, and they're putting their kids on the ground. Like a kid gets shot yeah. right away. So they're like, why would they walk out to someone that's yeah. doing that? Well, the the funny thing, yeah, the funny thing is, is that um, there's a video clip of FBI, the head FBI guy saying, "We are." Um, a police, you know, a professional police organization. We don't shoot through walls and windows indiscriminately, indiscriminatorily, indiscriminatorily, discriminately, indiscriminately. I like the other one. T-shirt. Indiscriminatorily. <laughs> um, and then they show video of the ATF just shooting the walls and, there's and holes windows all around the window. And, oh, yeah, and, 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 and there's an account. Yeah. Where one of the moms was helping one, some of the kids. Um, the kids room was shot up with the kids in it. The, the mom was going to help some of the kids. She was shot at through a window. Um, and then also a mother who was breastfeeding her baby got shot directly through the chest. Right. While breastfeeding. While breastfeeding. And I I guess some of the ATF or FBI are flipping the bird over vehicles and mooning. Yeah. And that, and that goes on during the standoff. They're, they're wanting them to come out. And and they're they're flipping them off and mooning them, and she's like, and shooting these are at the type, yeah, so, and, and right. shooting at them, the, and they're like, these are the type of animals they want us to come out to, like, well, but we're not but, coming out. I mean, keep in mind though, to be clear, the shootout stopped after right. the ATF left. It it like, didn't the fifty. It didn't. No, they, they weren't shooting anymore. They were. That shootout happened. They, According they, to the official report, nope. the shootout only happened on <laughs> Ooh, the 29th. Nope. No, they were shooting randomly throughout the whole thing because the big thing was towards the end, the FBI was like, we shot no rounds today. You know what I mean? Like it, it was like a well, poor Dave's on day four or something like, well, no, no, I'm just saying, I'm like, just saying yeah, the, yeah. the official report says no F there were no shots fired between the FBI and between and, the final and, day. And of this I'm speech. just saying there's, there's contradictory evidence that says that that's not true. I'm so, not arguing with that. I don't, I don't know. I'm just saying the official yeah, report. I got right. you. I'm just reading the official you. report right. at this point. Let's let Dave make jujitsu on the table right now. <laughs> this cat poop's got me all amped up old man. So, um, the, uh, on the Thursday, the fourth, oh, we already did that. Psych profilers. <laughs> I got Dave all Friday, up. <laughs> the fifth. Um, psych profilers also say that they rule out mass suicides. They don't think that's what this cult is all about. They're not all going to drink yeah. Kool Aid and kill themselves, yeah. which is fairly accurate, I suppose. Um, which, which they say that's exactly what they did. They killed themselves, supposedly. Right. 
on the 6th, on Saturday, Schneider talks to the feds and says that they, they plan to burn down or says he says to the feds, you intend to burn down the compound to burn, to kill all the evidence of what you're doing here. And he says this to the negotiators, um, the, on the 6th, uh, and also on the fifth, I think they started saying the kids need milk. Can you send us milk? Right. On the eighth, the FBI delivers six gallons of milk, which is kind of a shiesty amount of milk. Um, that's kind <laughs> of it's there's like, a milk shortage going that's on. That's not very on. much milk. But B, um, which I learned uh, reading a different set of reports, the only reason they delivered those six gallons of milk is because they had uh, microphones hidden in all the styrofoam crates that the milk was in. Yeah. So they ended up doing this, and now they had lifetime bugs in the yeah. compound. Yeah, they, to they, record to record different conversations, and a lot of really important sound clips came yes. from those yeah. uh, mics. But they put the mics in the milk cartons and then delivered six gallons of milk. Um, apparently it wasn't in their budget. Like, right. you know, we, we need another, uh, Bradley tank. We can't afford more than six yeah. gallons of milk. Seven too much, <laughs> too much. You're fucking asking way too yeah. much. Um, on the ninth, they start cutting power on and off just to fuck with them, which is a typical siege tactic. You want to cut their phones. You want to cut their power. You want to cut their water. You do all this stuff yeah. to get psychological. So they cut the power. They freak out. They give them power back. So they go on and off cutting the power as part of their negotiation. Um, and then the Davidians start putting wooden uh, planks up in front of all the windows with firing ports cut into them so that they can fire through the wood panel at people. They don't start firing, but they start putting all that stuff up. Um Janet Reno is sworn in as attorney general on March 12th. And uh, as soon as she's sworn in, she says, cut off all the power permanently. And they do. So the power is permanently cut off the next day um, or on the 12th, rather, a couple of days later um, on the 14th on Sunday. So we're about two weeks in. They start bright lights at night to disrupt sleep, which is also what you want to do in yeah. a hostage situation. Um, yeah. The FBI. In, in a foreign country, not the U.S. Right. Right. Um, well, no, in the U.S., if you, I mean, if you're, no, if you disagreed with me, don't backpedal. If Keep there's going. someone with a hostage in a bank, <laughs> they do the same exact right? thing, yeah. you know. Um, on the 19th and 20th, a handful of Davidians leave the compound. A couple per day just leave because they've had enough, and Koresh lets them, and the FBI lets them, and they kind of trickle out. On the 21st, they start blaring music, <laughs> which includes Tibetan chants, <laughs> Christmas carols. Uh, an album by Andy Williams, all all offensive things, and these boots are made for walking on repeat by Nancy Sinatra. Oh God, blaring at the compound what, what, all night long with bright lights. What was the rabbits? I, I don't know. I was gonna let Dave say it if it happens. If it doesn't, do you have anything about rabbits there? No. They played the sound. I guess it's a uh, type of psychological like warfare. They played the sound of dying rabbits. Apparently, when they rabbits scream. are killed, they scream. God. And so they played that all night. Um, you know, kids with the kids there and all, they played screaming rabbit death noises. Awesome. Yeah. So that I don't know where that wasn't mentioned, but I, that's what I well, read. They're not going to mention that it, in the official report. And I saw like, in a documentary too. Right. So um, we're getting there. We're, we're closing in on the twenty fifth of March. Uh, the F and again, remember this all started on the 28th of February. Right. So the 25th of March, the FBI insists that 10 to 20 people leave by 4 PM or they will take action. And of course, nobody leaves by 4 PM. And at that point they move more, uh, vehicles to the compound. They actually move in tanks instead of just the, the armored vehicles. They had four helicopters, four yeah, they military had helicopters, helicopters, helicopters. They had, they had full automatic machine guns on mm -hmm. them. 
they uh, and then the feds went on to the compound and got rid of all the vehicles, the motorcycles, the go karts, the like everything they had yeah. that they could have they driven around. The FBI everything. cleared yeah. everything out. Um, they cleared them. out the trees. Yep, all that stuff. Um, uh, the lawyer Dick DeGuren starts to uh, talk between. The at the compound, he goes to the door and starts having lo- hours long conversation with Koresh and then starts going into the compound to talk and then comes back out and talks to the FBI. See, that's and, where like uh, they're so dangerous, but this guy's going in and out. But like, I think he's their lawyer. But still, though, I mean, like, why, why would they no let idea. people go into the compound? Another so- negotiation tactic, I guess, <sighs> if you can get this guy to convince them of something. But anyway, he he comes back and says that they say after Passover that they'll all surrender and come out. So then everybody just kind of lays in wait for several days. And then on the first, uh, uh, nothing happens. On April 9th, he delivers something that they simply refer to as a bizarre Yahweh letter. And he says, the heavens are calling you to judgment. Um, the profilers listen to the letter and all the other stuff that they've been doing. And they say that Koresh is, uh, a formal psychotic and he has no intention of leaving volunteer. Like he is, he has a psychotic personality. Yeah. Um, and that he's not ever going to leave. I agree with that. That guy was already on the edge. You're getting 50 days in no sleep patterns, screaming rabbits, boots are made for walking. Yes. Only six gallons of milk. You got your six dead friends are in a room (laughs) rotting away. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was the six gallons of milk. It's like, we'll give you a milk bitch. One for each. Yeah. They're shooting at you, flipping you off, showing you their ass. Like I would have to say, I am cult leader. I'm angry. Day 50. Yeah. Right. I'm angry. Yeah. Right. And and the other thing is too, like he he I, I agree um that he did antagonize them a little bit. You know what I mean? Like you can imagine that the ATF, the FBI, you know, the Mounties that were there, or are they Mounties there or, or whatever they were, the the uh, state the troopers that yeah. were there. Um, we're probably pissed because they did kill four law enforcement sure, officers. Absolutely. So I, I think that's where a lot of the the flipping off and the, you know, mooning them and stuff, you know. Like, and the, really, I mean, the whole point of all this psychological shit isn't to get David Koresh to break. It's to get everybody else to break. Yeah. Turn on You're him. trying yeah. to get the entire body in there yeah. to turn on Koresh and say, fuck this. Fuck you. I'm taking my kid. But you got to realize who you're dealing with. Right. Like right. these people have, have yeah. surrendered their life to, to this st- yeah. lifestyle. Yeah. They were yep. down to die to Babylon. You yep. know what I mean? Like, and on so April 9th, the FBI makes a plan to use tear gas to breach the everything, and they send it up the pike to Janet Reno, the attorney general, for approval. Um, they don't get the official approval on the plan for quite a while. That was on the 9th, but on Sunday, the 18th of April, um, they get the okay. God, that um, was so long. Yeah. So yeah. the Davidians um, are told by phone call, they call them and they tell they them over the phone. Yeah. And they they also, uh, because they don't know if the person on the phone is going to tell anybody, so they start blaring it on their on their loudspeakers. I know at some they point, say, though, they told them that cha- everything's changed. You're no longer allowed to come out under no circumstances. Yeah, they had, they had an agreement. Out. There's audio of the negotiator saying it to that's that my, I there's entire weeks I'm yeah, skipping yeah. over. So no, I mean, they, they of, basically what happened was they they had throughout this whole thing they negotiated certain terms um, and and terms where they could go out and do some stuff during certain specific times and um, it seemed like towards the end when when uh, the police were getting um, I guess impatient. They started changing those terms. But what tactic is that ever that you tell them you can absolutely not come out? Like, how does that come into play? Because they want them to come out. Like, it doesn't. I don't don't know. It's it's three year old reverse reverse psychology. Right. So, but on the 18th, yeah. On the 18th, the um, they tell them 
stay out of the out of your tower or you will be shot. Right. Like if we see somebody in the tower, we're assuming you're up there to shoot at us and we will shoot anyone in the tower. Right. So they say, do not go into the tower. And they say, we are going to be coming in soon. And then um, in the windows, they start holding up all the children in the windows. Ooh, um, Michael Jackson. One of them is holding a sign. One of them, uh, one of the children is holding up a sign that says flames await in the Ooh, window which I didn't is kind see of that. shitty yeah so then on the 19th they do the phone and the loudspeaker again they say um you are all under arrest we are going to breach the compound we're going to fire tear gas we encourage all of you to surrender and leave and come to us and of course they didn't and then the 19th is the day where everything goes batshit the combat well, engineering vehicles um start spraying tear gas on the compound at 602 a.m outdoors hold on be- before that I have a thing with that, the flames await thing. I, I honestly think, and, and this is just by just watching the documentaries and, and hearing, you know, the, the testimonies from the FBI agents, former, former FBI agents, former army guys, some of the family uh, that was even in there, Janet people that Reno, were in there. Yeah. Even Janet Reno. Uh, yeah. Some of the people that were in there, like the flames await thing that could have been like, you you guys are going to hell. You know what I mean? The flames await for you guys. You know, like I think if you're in the mind, I don't think we're in the right mindset to really know what they were thinking. But it could be. I mean, they've been talking. I mean, the Davidians have been talking about the fact that there's going to be fire. Yeah, right. um, because that's time. what the prophecy says. Right. Though. The prophecy right. says that they will go down in flames. Well, I'm not big on prophecies, but <laughs> well, I'm just. I, but that I, one kind of spot on. Well, this was the thing though that the, <laughs> that the FBI was. They knew what his prophecy was. They knew. Um, what his seals said, the seven seals, they knew right. exactly how they thought they were going to go down and they executed every single thing just to go along with the prophecy. So that made it worse. That perpetuated the situation to make these people think that like, this is where God wants us to go because this is everything that we've prophesied or that he's prophesied. That is what is happening. Well, but at the same time, if you're as smart as Koresh was and you know that the fucking feds are going to come someday. You mean Vernie from Special Ed? You, you, you're gonna, honestly, though, I mean. You're going to prep your fucking flock to be like, this is how it's going to end. And that right. way, you know that they're going to stand by you and be ready for but this. But these, these people know that, though. The FBI knows that. They, they know what they're doing. They, they, they are perpetuating the situation, not trying to make it better. They're escalating it. How are they? I mean, they're negotiating for, for 50 days. They were trying though. to negotiate with they them. They negotiated Come, on something. On the phone with them every single day. And they negotiated something, and then they would agree on it. And then the guy would call back and be like, hey, um, the, 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 the bosses, they, they didn't want to go with that. So, no, you guys aren't getting electricity tonight. Well, but piss them off, you know? Yeah, but then Koresh would say, I'm going to let everybody go if you air this thing nationally and then say, no, fuck you, God said no. I'm not saying on his part. God said no, though. What are you going to do? On his part, though, (laughs) like you're already thinking you're dealing with this crazy cult leader guy, right? The government should be more professional about what they're doing, I feel. Well, they definitely I, should be flipping off and mooning people. Well, and and, and I you guess they wrote like antagonistic things on the windows and stuff. Yeah, and too. I mean, yeah, like, we can see you. You have David things in Iraq where yeah, you, you have things in Iraq where you know the army officers did you know horrible stuff to mm-hmm. you know um, to the people there. You know, like uh, whatever. You know what I mean? Like that stuff happens. Like they can't control that. 
Um, well, let, well, let me finish could. the 19th. Let okay. me finish what's happening on the 19th. So on the 19th, according to the official report, the CEVs, the combat engineering vehicles, start to spray tear gas around the compound at 6.02 a.m. And those are tanks. And those are not quite tanks. They're fucking crazy, badass, armored things. They're armored But they're not tanks. officially tanks. The tanks come late. There are tanks. Yeah. But these aren't the well, tanks. Well, those things have booms on them, and they were running through the walls of the compound. Yeah. Yeah. With the gas. So the Davidians start shooting um, towards the feds at 6.04 a.m., two minutes after they start spraying the gas. The FBI um, deploys the Bradleys, which are tanks, mm-hmm. um, in order to shoot ferret rounds through the windows. And the ferret rounds are rounds that are designed to hit glass. The plastic ball then, with a ferret inside. That's and then, right. When they get in there, they're really mischievous. And then really pissed off yeah. ferrets yeah. running around if chewing you, through your if wires. If you have any Cheerios, just forget about it. No, the ferret rounds are are. <laughs> shells that are designed to hit glass and then stop so they don't break the glass they keep the seal of the glass intact but then the payload inside is typically chemical agents that will spray in yeah so it's often used in cars because it's perfect for a car but you'll also use them in houses so they're designed not to shatter the window because you want your chemical payload to stay there yeah so they they start firing uh ferret rounds at all the windows a tank shoots a thing that hits a pane of glass that doesn't break the glass yep how the, does, that's makes how the a little hole and then sprays stuff in there. It sticks in the glass. That's crazy. Yeah, so it's coming out of a tank. Yeah, yeah, that's the weird thing. I'm not sure why the tanks were firing them, in, but seems maybe, like you could throw it with your arm. Like the a thing, I'm, the, I'm like, not sure. I actually I'm not sure why they had tanks there. I take like, that back. The the um, fuck every city has a tank. Like SWAT now, teams have fucking tanks. Now. Yeah, but they're. I think that was the first time in U.S. history that tanks had ever. Okay, been let used. me argue yeah. this. Yes, it was. They have tanks there. The military against because the of the fucking box of grenades. Yeah. Like, oh, box of grenades? Let's just drive our Come sedan on. up. Come on. <laughs> like, fuck that. Texas, no, man. I think Might as well have been Pop-Tarts. I think that... <laughs> Everybody Same had grenades thing. in Texas. I think Come the... On. Um, I would guess the tanks are firing them because they're kind of like shotgun shells. So I think they have a very limited range. So I think you had to be really close to fire uh, a ferret so round. Protection. Um, they fire gas at the compound for fucking hours. At 8 a.m., they start getting it into the second floor. They run out of tear gas yeah. and have to call Waco to get more scent. Um the CEVs, the combat engineering vehicles, start enlarging and opening in the front of the building with their booms, like breaking open the building. And the broadcast is saying, we're opening up a bigger exit. You all need to leave right now. We've opened up an exit for you. Yeah. Um, they get more gas at noon. And at 12.07 is when the fires break out. Um, the... And again, this is a controversial point about the fires. Um, nine, once the fires are erupting and the compound is on fire, nine flee the compound and are arrested. The FBI calls on Koresh to leave the Davidians out to safety. Um, at 1225, the official report says that they hear systematic gunfire inside of the compound. And the official line is they're all killing themselves or killing each other. Um, at the of end course. of that day... Um, and again, these numbers are different everywhere I look, yeah. but roughly 80 Davidians are dead, including 25 children, 11 total escaped the siege, eight of whom were arrested and convicted for various charges, manslaughter to weapons violations. 
Two dozens shot themselves or each other, and the rest of them died died from fire or smoke inhalation or the collapse of the vehicles from where the uh, where they were trying to make bigger. Actually, yeah. a whole side of the compound collapsed right. because of what they were doing. Not no, where they were it, opening. It didn't. The, the, it didn't the, collapse. They ran it over with a tank. Yeah, they ran it over with a tank, yeah. and then it collapsed. Yeah, but and that killed some people as well. Yes. But then this is the the big thing. Koresh never surrenders. There's a massive fire on the compound, and then this becomes. A, a sticking point because the FBI insists that they never fired any tear gas rounds that had an incendiary component, but then it turns out years later they did. Um, that they did. They fired three. Um, the, CS, uh, the CS gas canisters that they used were... Um, ignitable basically but here's here's the other and this is where i'm torn because yeah the fbi finally admits that they because i mean you look at those things a flashbang any of those things they will light a building on yes, fire yeah. i mean they're they're very incendiary but at the same time the official recordings of the audio from the mics that they put in there yeah um there's a recording of six different davidians in wherever the kitchen area is moving hay. and they're discussing moving hay and pouring fuel yeah. and they're saying did david tell us to burn this and they're like they keep getting confirmation like yeah. david wants us to burn this right so it's like yeah. we do get confirmation that the fbi fired some rounds that started fires but we also get confirmation is, yeah. from audio that the davidians are moving hay and fuel yeah. and lighting shit on fire themselves and this this is where it goes into uh, kind of a he said she said between the fbi and the davidians that Absolutely. were there because i mean there's so much evidence stacked against the FBI after they had already destroyed so much evidence that I'm just like, I don't even know. Like, it's crazy because they already knew by the making the we're going to go down in flames statements. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. they knew there was audio of David and some other Davidians pouring fuel or accelerant on right. the ground right. in certain areas mm -hmm. because they were expecting them to come in. They're fighting a war against these people. The other thing was that um, the FBI knew that. Um, in each one of the points of um, fire where they started at, there were flashbang canisters found. There and, and, la and labeled as silencers. La they, and, and in evidence, they were labeled as gun parts silencers. Hmm. Um, when they went back and looked through the evidence, they were actually flash flashbang canisters. Each one of those was found one, not a bunch of them, one placed in specific points in the buildings that were actually the source of fires. Right. Weird. Right. I'm not saying that that's what started. I don't know. Like you, this is the weird thing. You don't know. The other right, thing that, was, no, that is the weird thing because yeah. it's, it's conceivable that either side, either side did threw it through those things. Yeah, in there either the side did it. Yeah. The other thing was. That um, you mentioned nothing about Delta Force or Delta Team from the Army, right? No, had, I've got stuff to say you, about that. You've got stuff to like, say about a little it. bit so, later, but yeah, that's, so that's, I was just that's not the official line. I was yeah, still so, and out the and now line. we're getting into the unofficial stuff. And, and that, let me say a little bit more about the FBI. The FBI, I mean, part of it, I mean, even if you believe the full party line and the truth, and I'm not saying I do, I'm defending it to play devil's advocate. I'm just saying yeah, this. Well, these are, none these of us the, know. Right. None of us know. But even, even if you believe <laughs> this full party line, as the investigation plays out afterwards, there are multiple things that it's proven that yeah. the FBI lied about up yes. the chain. Yeah. They lied to Janet Reno about yes. the fact that the Davidian, they said the Davi that they had, they had evidence right now that the 
the Davidians were abusing their babies yeah. and doing all these horrible things. And then later That's on. That's really what accelerated it because right, they yeah. said they had solid evidence right. that the, the children and were being tortured Janet, And Janet Reno's, of course, going to go, oh, shit. Well, like, we, we have, have to, to do something about so, this. Yeah. So, and again, and, and uh, even with the FB, with the firing of the three flammable canisters, they lied and said none were fired, but they knew someone in that chain knew three were fired. Yeah. So, I mean, there is definitely evidence of the FBI. And again, people look, you know, as a conspiracy, people tend to say, you know, Janet Reno, Bill Clinton, blah, blah, blah. But it tends to be that they were all fed a lie, you know, yeah. up, up the FBI, well, above the FBI tended to be fed lies, according to there were, most there of were, the there records. There were three people. Out. There were three people. Um, Janet Reno had a meeting with the army. Delta Force, right? Delta right. Force is the name that the public calls it. It's not really called that. There is no Delta Force, but basically they're special operations for the army. They had a meeting. Supposed um, to be the president's private, like, they, army. Exactly. They had a meeting they with Janet, directly to with him, Janet Reno about, um, this was that long waiting period before they released the gas, mm-hmm. um, you know, the 10 days or whatever it was to the 18th, the 19th. Um, they had a meeting with her. Uh, basically reassuring her that th- that this was going to work and that um, no pyrotechnic um, gases were going to be used. So she was on board with it. That's mm-hmm. what went ahead and made that okay. Right. When the first CS gas was released, it has a smoke to it. And that is a pyrotechnic gas. Right. Like that, they knew it right from the beginning that that's what it was. Um, so they lied to her there. I'm not defending Janet Reno. I don't like the lady. You know, like whatever. I really like the Saturday Night Live impressions of her. Yes, like uh, the video of her. If she's you watch all the, like weird and shit. If shaky. you watch the video, yeah, it looks like she's Michael J. Fox on no, steroids. She does, it like, looks she's like, no, it looks like I mean, it looks like she's having a seizure. Yes. Like when she's being interviewed her by arms, Congress and shit, she's yeah. just. And I don't know if really she had a weird. health problem. If she was freaking like I don't. It was really it, weird. It, it was really really weird. It was and, really and so weird. anyway, she had this meeting, and and I'm, I'm regurgitating this information from former FBI, former Army, former CIA. This is what they said. If you if you watch the documentary. You'll you'll see it. They're saying it themselves. They're legit people. They were a part of Waco um, and, and everything that happened. Um, Delta Force sent in um, supposedly operators that were just going to observe. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what an operator is, an operator is someone that kills people. They go in with guns and they shoot the enemy. Um, they They were supposed to just they were supposed to be there as observers to kind of guide um shoulder to shoulder the 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 people on site what to do to help out right mm-hmm. um th- there was we didn't mention horouchi no do you have anything on him so did you my favorite Japanese list? No, there were, there, were, there were three uh, sniper teams, basically, and he was in yes. charge of blue team that was off to... <laughs> so, yeah, Horouchi, there was Sierra 1, 2, and 3. Around the compound, there were sniper positions. Each each sniper position had a commander. Horouchi was commander of Sierra 1, sniper position Sierra 1. Uh, Horouchi was uh, involved in uh, Ruby Ridge, which is another crazy thing that right. I never even really heard of. He went to trial for like, uh, like he was convicted murder. Yeah, yeah. He was convicted for murder. Basically he shot a mother he was, holding he a charge. He didn't get convicted. Cause well, was, yeah. he did get convicted, but never punished. Huh. They, they found him guilty. Um, so basically, it, it was kind of another thing. So where it must have got overturned. He or sniped the or? he sniped the wife at Ruby Ridge. He like, sniped the wife while she was holding, holding her ten month old baby. baby, 
through through a door. She was holding her door open for her wounded husband to come in the door. I'm not defending these people. They had a mountain cabin. It was kind of the same thing as Waco on a small scale, where they and were it was they were fairly, up in their cabin. Fairly recent in history. Uh, Ruby Ridge it wasn't was seven. This was he was convicted or not convicted, but he was um, found guilty seven months before Waco. Right now he's at Waco commanding. What, what might have happened? I don't know the history, but I'm wondering if it might have been a congressional hearing. And they found him guilty, but that's not the same thing as a court of law. Exactly. Finding him guilty. Could have. I, have I don't know. Which, which I have no idea. It, it's very weird, though, that you find some guy guilty, guilty of murder. And then all of a as sudden, a sniper, all of a sudden, he's the he's the leader of Sierra one sniper team. And um, FBI says they fired no shots um, when four shell casings were found in his location. Hmm. Now. My thing was that the Delta team was present. They had a person from the army who actually went overseas. This was after Waco talked to guys who were there. They had a full team of Delta team there on site, actually operating. They weren't there to consult. They weren't there to help out. They were actually doing the dirty deeds, right? Well, have you guys heard of Paul Wilcher? Because no. this 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 was something that I read about, and this this is where the some of the conspiracy theory starts to pop up. Paul Wilcher was an attorney and an investigator who, and I forget the reason why, but he was hired as an outside consultant to do a fine to to do an additional yeah. report on what had happened. Yeah. Um, on May twenty first, he made his final report that he gave, and this is I have no idea of. One ounce of this is true. This was from pure wackadoo conspiracy websites. But supposedly this Paul Wilcher person on May 21st presented his report to Janet Reno on May 21st after everything was done. He has to be some sort of legit guy, though. I mean, if he's reporting to Janet Reno. But that might not have happened at all. Maybe. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how much faith to put into these websites. But if it's true, then, then that happened. Supposedly on June 23rd, his body was found in his apartment badly decomposed. So the mm. badly decomposed, implying he had been dead for quite some time. Yes. So about a month after he gave that report, but he had also given the report to a woman, uh, supposedly to a woman named Sarah McClendon, who was a senior White House correspondent before his death. And this report is a is like the the holy grail of conspiracy theories surrounding Waco because it says that Delta Force was there to kill everyone inside. Yes. Um, they had a commando team and several died that day in the compound, but that all of them were filed as having died in a training accident several months later and that none of them were claimed to have been at Waco or died at yeah. Waco. Um, he said that um, in his report, he says that calls went into Parkland Hospital in Dallas, which coincidentally in conspiracy land is where Kennedy died, um, to prepare for mass burn victims before any fires were set or anything happened. So apparently regional hospitals, according to this report, yeah. if it even existed, um, said that hospitals were told be ready for mass burn casualties yeah. um, before anything happened. And that the idea is that Delta Force came in and killed the ones who died. And then it get, I mean, it gets... Like up until now, I can kind of get behind some of this, but he goes full on conspiracy theory, um, says it was a Delta Force team of 15 men led by a CIA liaison officer and that the tear gas that they fired in with the ferret shells was actually a neurotoxin, which paralyzed everyone inside of the buildings. And that Delta Force then went in with a four man insertion team and they had shots of atropine, which is an antidote to that nerve gas so that they couldn't be a 
affected by it. Um, they went in and killed everyone and lit the fires and that the reason everyone died from the fires and smoke inhalation is they were laying on the ground paralyzed because Delta yeah. Force killed everybody. They claim that Koresh died with a single bullet to the middle of his forehead, an inch above his eyes, four inches away, um, which isn't consistent with what they thought had happened and it's not a typical suicide. The report concludes that Clinton and Reno did not know, but senior CIA, FBI and Pentagon officials knew it and planned it. Yeah. And then on page 30 of the report, according to the websites, there's a discussion of how the CIA uses mind control called memory blocks that they use on Delta force operatives and assassins so that they can execute people and do all this stuff without having memory of it and without having traumatic flashbacks and that there's some sort of CIA mind control memory blocks. Exactly. So, well, this is, is, but this, that's the conspiracy theory is that Delta force. I I honestly believe, I honestly believe that Delta force was there because they actually, in that documentary, they actually have guys who talk to the Delta Force and one of the ex-guys who say they were there. Right. Like, the whole thing is they were there. Um, the other thing was they have infrared video that they tried to say, oh, well, there's just, you know, we saw these flashes, but, uh, you know, they, they were just sunlight, uh, you know, reflecting off of something. That was a big thing for me was the FLIR footage yeah. that they had from the helicopters. So, mm-hmm. like, FLIR footage will not show solar radiation. Like, it yeah. has to be above a certain temperature, like gunfire. So, there's tons of video of them saying that they never shot, they never shot, they never shot. And there's all this video of, like, dudes them rolling out from under tanks, laying down fire. Like that, 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 it's, that, that, that. it's very much planned too because they're in dark locations and and up against dark things. They show the helicopter firing and the guy like they have a specialist take footage and they figure out what the flash rate of it is and it's the exact firing rate of a specific machine gun that that helicopter that fires six hundred rounds right. a minute. Yeah, and it shows what the flash rate is and the, and then they they try to say no that's just the light reflecting off the helicopter like well that helicopter it's would impossible have to fly in a circle at Mach one with the sun hitting it perfectly Mach to make two that, or some crazy yeah. thing like that. Yeah. Twice the and speed again, of sound. I mean the 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 issue here is that I don't. I'm not surprised or shocked or even offended that the FBI was firing on the compound at this point because the compound was firing on the FBI and they have to end this thing and it's going to end in violence. I mean, this gunfire is completely inevitable and I don't know why anyone is, would even be surprised that it fucking happened. It had been 51 days of antagonism and aggression. The thing that, that is troublesome about it is that there was this big we didn't shoot any rounds they lied. story that was the, told. The other thing was and, and Brent watched this on the on the documentary was that they basically after they went back and started um uh sifting through everything through all the ashes for evidence the FBI had everyone bleach everything. They yeah, bleached the, all two, the evidence. Two, two like big super smoking gun killer things for me was there was a shape charge detonated on the top of the bunker, which we didn't talk about. No. There's a hole in the top of the bunker, which I guess was like six or eight inch thick concrete yep. rebar enforced. And there's no explanation if an internal explosion happened or all. Well, no, no, no. The, the explanation was, was that uh, a propane tank inside of the bunker, a leaking propane tank inside of the bunker exploded from the fire. But the rebar is bent down Inward. and a stainless steel refrigerator that was directly below it is like smashed down. And they had explosive uh, experts come in and they're like, no, that's like 
a shape charge. This is what they do. This it's is a how shape they the, the, to enter a building. Detonated. You right. detonate it, and then there's a, there were stress cracks in the edges of the bunker on all the corners. You could see cracks on the wall from the uh, extreme pressure um, from the shape charge exploding, yep. increasing pressure and, inside and the building. And that charge detonated, which they showed video of the charge detonating and then the propane tank exploding. There killing, was a primary and secondary explosion. Killing, you could see it on the video. Killing right. the kids and the women in the bunker. So they they literally, after they gassed them for like twelve hours. After or they it tortured was. them, <laughs> no, they tortured the kids. All of the the men who were outside of that bunker had gas masks. They all had gas masks. They they weren't really. They were somewhat affected by it. It was burning their skin, all that stuff. But they had gas masks. They were they were getting through it. They sent the women and children to the bunker to be protected. Yeah, and if they thought they were going to be some biblical, we're all going to burn. They went to the bunker, tried to protect themselves. If that was the plan to burn, they were all in a bunker in like a little like you know safe yeah. room with with wet blankets over them. Yeah, they were to trying protect to protect themselves. themselves. Right. They weren't trying to die, and yet they were killed. And that that's where it gets iffy for me. Like, But why didn't they fucking leave? They couldn't. Yes, that's they the, could. No, they couldn't. They couldn't. That's, what, that's exactly what everybody said. Why didn't they leave? Why didn't they leave? They had an opportunity. The building was on fire. They created a way out for them. But then they show video at each exit point where they could have left gunfire firing into the compound. So as they were trying to leave, they were shooting them. And one of the women from the in, it's an actual witness from within there, they interview her on the thing. And she said it was like one day you would feel like very hopeful, like, oh, we're probably going to leave tomorrow. And then the next day it was like lockdown. They're shooting at you. There's weird psychological warfare. They're playing dead rabbits. They're mooning us. That Then it would go back to the other thing. And they're like, they never felt comfortable that they could leave. You know, that was like, they we're thought, safer. Yeah, they here. thought as no, that's as bullshit. They left, they would like die. 20 people left over the course of the 51 days. Just kids here. One or two people there. Like, no, that's fucking bull. I, that's bullshit this entire thing is a case of what the fuck did you expect was gonna happen well and i agree i agree with the adult like yeah if at the last minute if in the last three hours when the building is on fire no one could leave well yeah no one can fucking leave because this is what it came to you had fucking 51 days to goddamn leave it's like and at the end at the end your cult is firing at the feds the feds are firing back ships on fire now you're you're fucked i don't know the issue is though the issue is is i agree with killing the adults they're firing the guns at you you know what i mean they're fighting they're doing the standoff but to kill 20 whatever 21 22 innocent kids that were in a bunker with women who were not doing that like that's where it gets edgy i have to say like i've seen some chuck norris movies man i've seen rambo and you got four delta force guys man you can't go in there and knock some dudes out and get the kids like it feels like they with all our technology, with all our snipers, they could have saved the kids. or you could wait it out and like, hey, I don't know, eventually hey, they run out of food, hey, don't you take could, a milk. You they had fucking, a year's worth of food on hey, the compound. You they? could not blow up the bunker and kill all the kids. You could not do that. They knew like, where people were they at. They knew what they were doing. They knew exactly where they I were I think at. it's a little bit of everything. I think that right off the bat, they went in there thinking they were going to have the element of surprise. They didn't have the element of surprise. They shit went south. Four of them got killed. They lost their temper. Then they got dirty. Then it was like, oh crap, got to cover our tracks. And it was just perpetual shit show of like, so, of like, oh, we've got power, we've got a tank. Yeah. And they just didn't expect for it to keep continuing like that. And they weren't ready for a religious fanatic with AK 47s and all this stuff to happen. And the press showed up and you got to try to keep your cool and change your story. And now you're in a web of lies. And it's, I mean, yeah. this, the one thing to keep in mind with all of this is this is the first time that 24 hour press 
was watching everything that right. happened. Yeah. Never happened before. Yeah. Like this, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm sure it had a handful of times up right. until that in 93. Yeah. But I mean, if the FBI was going to raid a compound in 1986, it wouldn't have happened. They, could do, they could do whatever the fuck they wanted to do yeah. and say whatever they wanted to say because there is no yeah. eye in the sky watching them. Yeah. But once, you know, Ted CNN Turner bought CNN scene. and got yeah. that on the scene, that changed everything. So, I mean, maybe this is how dirty the FBI was Always up was. until 93. Well, look at, yeah, and, and then trying, at that point, yeah. they were like, we need a new playbook. Like that's not going to work. Well, police haven't got used to cell phones yet. They're still like a Facebook beating every Monday morning, right. you know? <laughs> right. It's like, yeah. They, Monday morning, Facebook beating. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, but the other thing was, uh, this was under question in, in Congress where they were really looking at all this stuff was the uh, posse, what is it? The posse, posse comitatus, comitatus, which I think is a really weird name. But it's, that's, from, it's from Lion King. Yeah, it is from Lion yeah, King. Yeah. And so, but that's the law, <laughs> that, that's the law where military is not to be used against United States citizens. And Delta Force was linked with being there, which, and they're using military equipment. So that was a big thing, like we, using military, our own military against U.S. citizens. That was huge. And that was the first time it had been done and they fought it. They said, no, we didn't do that. We didn't do that. If it had been done. It I still don't. Done. I still don't see evidence that Delta Force was there in a meaningful active combat role even if there were a couple of Delta Force people there advising. After this, you got to watch the video of them rolling out from the Everybody tank needs to watch the video with yeah. the FLIR, with them like rolling out from the tanks, yeah. laying down fire, the helicopter Why fire. would I not assume that's FBI special service? It's not. They special, said, they I'm said not saying they it's Delta. Fire. I'm just saying they're not. They're, so they didn't fire. Listen, did though, fire. This, is, this is my point. FBI says that they did not fire on the compound on the 19th. Their way out was they didn't fire. Who did fire? Because there was fire. See, no, I I read it as that's bullshit anyway. Because the FBI has been lying about everything the whole fucking time. Very true. Very true. You know, I, I mean, either way, it. something. I mean, there was so, either way there were shots fired. There is evidence of it that's fairly clear from that camera footage. I have seen that camera footage. It's undeniably shots yes, being fired yes. in multiple locations yeah. at multiple times. And I mean, experts someone, are saying, yeah, someone was firing at the compound. So yeah, I know you're. I will follow that you line of logic. Yeah, either the FBI didn't fire any rounds and they were serious, which means who the fuck was firing the rounds or it was just another lie that the fbi was feeding janet reno the white house and congress i mean this is the other thing you're you're calling um the guys who the fbi agents the cia agents the army guys who are retired who actually said delta force was there now they're lying they're going back and and actually coming clean you're, now you're saying they're lying. I am saying they're you lying because I mean? how come they're not in the, any of the official court records? How come they weren't testifying to Congress? Like because, that wasn't it, like because then they would be breaking. They the just law. they show they up on a fucking the Akuna yeah. Matata Act. They show up on a fucking sketchy <laughs> documentary <laughs> from two thousand one. It's, it's not sketchy, dude. They they. The, the documentary made the government reopen the case because they found so much evidence that was true. And, and I kind of interrupted that bleach thing, dude. You got to see that the agents are sifting through the rubble with like archaeological sifters. And there's just rows of bleach bottles like from Vons, like they're bleaching the dirt and the, the rubble that they're sifting through. They're pouring bleach on it. And like, they went what back, is that? Yeah, and they went In back. what instance does that ever right. happen or come into play? Right. Two days after. Yeah, that, that, I, I don't know in what normal circumstance that you ever bleach the dirt. <laughs> evidence that you would bleach the evidence. After a building already burned down. Yeah. You know what I mean? That is weird for sure. But There's, what I really no, want to definitely Yeah, weird. what I really want to know is what flavored jelly bean does everybody have? And Hold on, though. I have can, something else. Right. I have something else. I want Brad to make a I shirt. You want, I know you Simba, want to finish up. I need Simba riding a tank, and I need to say posse You need to sober up, sober up, and then we'll I'm talk sober about now. the shirt. Okay. So my, one of the other things we didn't talk about is Hillary Clinton's involvement in Waco. 
Okay. Um, there was a man by the name of Vince Foster who was the department uh, White House um, counsel. I, I, that was his name. I don't know exactly what he did, but him, Janet Reno, uh, were kind of the ones who are deciding and telling the FBI what they can and can't do as far as legalities. Um, he was so disturbed that I, I, and this is coming from his wife and everybody else that knew him. He was, he, he had a lot of weight on his shoulders, they said, but one of the big things that he was really disturbed about was Waco. Um, why he was disturbed? Nobody really knows. He had files in his office. He had a box of files and he had files in his, in his filing cabinet. He committed suicide, supposedly. I don't know. That's the official documentation that he committed suicide. Hillary Clinton ordered the FBI to go in and search his office. The only thing that was removed from his office was the files from Waco. When did Hillary, how did she have the authority to order the FBI to do anything? It was Janet Reno's assistant or something, I think, that went no. and got that box. Was it that one? It I mean, was, it was on, yes. There, there were, yeah. yes, there were, there were multiple FBI agents who went in there. And on that documentary, the FBI agent testifies that he was sent in to get those, he was given those boxes to take back to the first lady. I watched and they that asked her and they, and they asked him, well, what, what, what reason did they give you that they needed to go to her? And he said that they needed to be reviewed by her. Yeah, that's now on, there is like official testimony of official that. Testimony. The now, official testimony, official testimony, or guy talking on documentary. No, it is it is no, a, it's court a court testimony, and the and like someone is questioning in court. Um, the assistant of Janet Reno asked to did he remove a box? Was he aware of of who the box was going to? Who did he take it to? And and for what purpose? Yep. So I did watch that interview, and and of like a, so it and, was the FBI agent confessing, or it was the assistant? It's an assistant, not it's confessing, an assistant just Reno. stating that he removed a box from the residence. And uh, that it was be, to be taken to it was, said person. Yep. I, I don't remember the yeah the details. It was, but the I did fir- watch it was that, to be yeah. taken to the first lady, and uh, and the, the reason given was to be reviewed by her. And those files are no longer to be found, of course. So there's some weird, yeah, weird, I don't, weird, I don't believe weird any stuff. of that part. Well, it's, it's true. Like, it's documented. Watch the document. I know. You well, no, I mean, so I'll yeah. watch a girl say that some dude who said he was an FBI agent came in and said he was reporting to Clinton and took boxes and left. I don't fucking believe any of that. It's in a like, court of law. Like it is fucking. I could go to a court of law and lie tomorrow. Like if the FBI agent himself was saying it or if no, there was no, photographic no, 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 evidence no, no, no. of him giving the boxes to Hillary. Like I, I just don't there. That's not it's just, proof. It's just that's not court of sure. law. I mean, proof. that's like saying that you drank a coffee this morning. I'm like, no, you didn't Dave. I didn't see you drink it. Like, I mean, it, 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 well, I, in I a congressional hearing, get, you would get, need a fucking photo I, of I, me I, before I, I would believe it. I understand. I get your point. But the thing is though, that why are all these people, how does this get linked back to Hillary Clinton? Like, and she's already a fucking whore. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it just it no just, that whole it's like not only not only is that not only do I don't believe it because it's just some fucking hearsay in a court of law. It's, it's not hearsay. It it's is a guy fucking who, hearsay. It's a guy who took the files to Hillary Clinton. No, it's an assistant saying a guy took files to Hillary no, Clinton. No, he's the guy. He's the guy. You said it was the assistant. No, he's the assistant, the assistant of Janet, Janet Reno. Reno. He's testifying guy. that he physically took the box to I guess the, the FBI like, went in. Remember, he was there. Yeah. They gave him a box and said, these need to go to the first lady. He's under oath saying, I took this box. And this guy's not in trouble. 
He didn't know. He just under orders to move he, a box. He was on orders taking to move. evidence. They're just asking why did that evidence? Where is it at now? I guess. Yeah. So he's and, just and the now guy. the evidence is gone. Now there, it's nowhere to be found. It was linked. He They're had trying the to box. figure out the chain. Of he dropped it evidence. off. Hillary Clinton had it. Now it's gone. So that's where that stands. That's what I'm saying. Like it was a legit thing. Like this wasn't just some crackerjack, you know, conspiracy website where these people are just talking to talk it up because it's it's political season. That was a legitimate thing that happened. And there is no outcome to it. Was there a was there a formal chain of orders? Was there any evidence of that happening? That I don't know. He's in the court of law under oath getting questioned by. I mean, that's where we don't have the full. You know what I mean? Like there's other there's other. I'm sure there's other things that went on. I'm sure. But that's kind of fishy to me. You know what I mean? Like just looking at that, like why did that happen? How did Hillary Clinton have the power to send in the FBI after this guy kills himself to she does and that's why I don't believe that it, it <laughs> like, happened. It happened though because that's they're questioning this guy because I that did happen. It sounds to me that you two are drinking a whole lot of conspiracy uh, Kool Aid. Man, on this I'm one. surprised Dave. every morning. You're, you're surprising me. Yeah, Brit so is. You guys are kind of surprised. You're like just like buying all the conspiracy. I'm not theories buying it. I'm one. just putting out the information. I I really feel I really feel like okay, they were you know cult whatever like crazy compounded up people that yeah. It it escalated in a in a in a way that sh- it probably shouldn't have. You right. know what I mean? Like they Absolutely. were they were ready for the apocalypse. They were going to kill anybody who tried to come into their home. You know, I I'm upset about the kids. You know what I mean? Like sure. the way the way that that was handled, I think was just it's just complete bullshit. And and all of the stuff that happened, all of the things that the FBI hid and lied about. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, that's all very shysty. You know, I'm just, I'm so upside down on it. Like it's, it's, it's really just crazy. No, there's definitely some sketchy shit that happened. And that's why I think that this legitimately happened. The FBI, the army, everybody was super sketchy about everything. And then we just did an episode on Sandy Hook and we can't believe any of that, that, you know what I mean? That, that everything was true. I think Brad finally took the red pill. That's what's no, up. No, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> a in the rabbit hole. Like I'm not, uh, there's like, as soon as Dave got to the crazy on that guy's statement, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm out. You know right, what I mean? Right, like, right, right. I'm not you, there. You are a conspiracy theorist. You just don't realize it when you're a conspiracy I just, theorist. I just, I, one I'm of just the things you. is I just Coming question. Coming from me. I just question. You yeah, know what I mean? Like right. I don't, just because one thing, you know, oh, Bigfoot's real. I'm not going to believe that necessarily, but there are other things with evidence that I feel more strongly towards the man. It's just a theory that, a, that someone conspired. That's all it is. Man. I guess. Like, yeah. Man, you don't have, you're not conspiracy nut. I don't want to be but, labeled like you though. Cause then I look crazy. too late, man. So roulette with these jelly beans. If, okay. we, don't, if we don't get a gross one, jelly bean, uh, we draw again. I think so I have blue. Uh, no, fuck that. I have blue. Come on. So, and yours if is this sissy. tastes like those chips smell, like yours isn't that bad. Like it's either going to be berry blue or toothpaste. Yeah. Right, well, like, thanks for giving me yeah. blue. Can I change? Cause mine's going to be puke or peach. Nah, you're getting that. Let's do that. What's mine. All right. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Really? Mine's none of these. Oh, mine's toothpaste. Mine was puke. Fuck you, Rick. <laughs> no, this Rex? is a, that's Rex? not from Rex. Who's it? Who's uh, that from? This is from Sid. Oh, I hate you, Sid. Sorry, Sid. Rex. I love and you. And by the way, you might think, you know what, oh, it's long clippings. You might think, oh, toothpaste isn't that bad. It's just going to taste like a mint. Oh. No, it tastes like fucking toothpaste, which is different. How do we but all it's get still the bad better one? than puke? Because I suspect that thing is They're full of nothing bad. but bad ones. No. There's no good ones. Let's do it again. Come on. No. no. Okay. Let's give a you shout out. Let's, let's hit our, let's, we're out of here. Let's give a, let's give some shout outs. I want to thank 
Uh, Facebook, Stephen Thunderdome. He's the one that said we should be doing cults. So I want to give a shout out because it led to um, a rousing discussion about Waco. Um, we want to, as always, give a shout to uh, Digital Productions for making all of our digital swag. Creations. Digital creations. Damn, I didn't even get, I didn't even drink whiskey um, for doing all of our uh, uh, various swag that we give out. We want to thank uh, El Yucateco Hot Sauce um, for keeping it real and giving us so much awesome hot sauce and making awesome hot sauce. We want to thank uh, <laughs> <laughs> well they do. We want to thank Nike for uh, uh, applying slave the labor. shoes that we have. Um, no, they don't slave labor. Anymore. We want to thank that Beard Stuff for all of the amazing beard products that they've uh, given us to give out to people and uh, we also want to thank ruger firearms who also has given us a lot of stuff for swag we've got yeah. uh pretty awesome stuff some bags some really cool bumper stickers all sorts of ruger swag yeah um from ruger firearms we really appreciate it we all have rugers and like our rugers and we're really happy to to have them on as a sponsor and adam pedroza for today's green spot whiskey yep, yep. yep. getting brent drunk nope that's how we do it Okay, a little bit. A little bit. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the Waco discussion. Uh, again, listen or watch the uh, Waco uh, New Revelation and, uh, you know, chime in on Facebook. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Sofa King Brad. Uh, Dave's at Sofa King David. And Brent is at Sofa King Brent on Instagram. So, uh, and wait, you're get on there. You're going to play the David Koresh song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll rock out to David Koresh on the outro. So, uh, I, I didn't necessarily pick the song. I think it fits. So um, that being said, don't be a retard. Mm-hmm.